0: Institutions to God's instructions. Now that we're followers of Yeshua, what makes Israel
1: so important? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Many believers would say that Israel is not so important and that they didn't make a meaningful contribution to the faith. Today, we want to see what the Bible says about that.
0: You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com, Follow us on RedPillTora.PodBean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you.
1: And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Florida and Brazil. Amen. And in case you didn't know, Red Pill Tora can now be heard on Reach Gospel Radio in Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania and also on the Reach Gospel Radio app. If you are in any of those areas, or have the app, please listen out for it at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday mornings. Let us know that you've heard the program, and please keep us in prayer. So today,
0: we have a very special guest on the podcast. The Father used him in a great way to teach Miss and me, and many other believers about the Hebrew foundations of our faith. We know him as Rabbi Irv, a powerful, insightful gentleman and teacher of the ways of Elohim. If you heard our first podcast, by the way, it was Rabbi Irv who politely told me that I was wearing my tallit upside down at the Yom Kippur services.
1: That's still pretty funny, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, it is. We have shared a lot of great times with Rabbi Irv. He teaches us Hebrew, traditional Hebrew prayers and blessings, and many other things that we wish all believers knew. One day, I pray that will be true. Rabbi Irv and his wonderful wife, Barbara, are great role models, leaders, teachers, and giants in the faith. We are blessed to know them. That's
0: right, Mama. Now, we asked Rabbi Irv to talk about today's topic, and he agreed to right away. We want to thank him for agreeing to come, and so let's study with Rabbi Irv. Okay, well, thank you so much for asking
2: and um, today, the, the subject that we're talking about is the importance of Israel, and it's based in the book of Romans. And I want to start with just a couple little points of background with um, Rabbi Paul. There seems to be a lot of teaching that's out there that kind of envisions Paul as being a former Jew, and he's no longer a considered Jewish, but now he's Christian.
0: Mm -hmm. We've heard that. Yeah, Uh
2: and that's, you know, that's a very, unfortunately, is a very popular teaching, and which is really not correct. You need to read his letters, all of his letters, not just one letter. uh, Because usually they were given to a specific circumstance for that congregation that he's writing to. But if you read all of them, you get a full picture of who he is as a Jewish man who believes in Yeshua not just a Jewish man. He was a rabbi, and he was trained under Gamaliel, who was one of the famous rabbis in Israel. And to keep an eye on time, I don't I don't have a time to get into a lot of background about that. But today's uh, lesson, hopefully I can get this done in time.
0: Yeah, well, is, That's fine, Rabbi. If I might ask a quick question, though, some of our listeners might not know much about actually the training of a rabbi. And what would that mean for Paul in terms of what he had to learn or what, what he knew and what he did? Maybe give us a little bit of that if you don't mind.
2: So his training was strict Torah observance. And he didn't live initially in Israel. He, he lived outside of Israel. But his training certainly brought him to Jerusalem several times. And he was the defender of the faith. Uh, he, you know, he believed that the the messianic Jews were believing the wrong thing, and he persecuted and aided in persecuting believers until his eyes were open. And so, at that time, his training kicked in in a different way. He understood who Messiah was and the the prophecies that were given that brought him to that point. And then he ironically was chosen to be an emissary to the Gentiles not to the Jews specifically but to the Gentiles mm-hmm. and so the writings that we read in Romans and Corinthians and Galatians uh, Galatians being the earliest are written from the perspective of how to reach the nations for Yeshua for, for Jesus the, the idea was that Israel would understand when Messiah would come, in which they didn't, largely, a lot did. All the early believers and the writers of the New Testament were basically Jewish. I mean, there are some exceptions, but it was a Jewish understanding. And Paul's writings were to the Gentiles, and so this was something new. Uh, even the believers back in Jerusalem during his time had question about who is this guy to, can we trust him because he persecuted us as believers mm-hmm. but his background certainly in training was not false it was not wrong it was just misdirected because when his eyes were open to who Messiah was then it all made sense it came together mm-hmm. and so, I think that uh, Paul's writings were unparalleled in the New Covenant as far as the general message to the world. And yet, there's other books, such as Yaakov, James, who the audience was basically still all Jewish, uh, explains that, you know, this is not just for Jews, it's for everyone. And that's Paul's message, is you don't have to be Jewish to be a believer. But the message is that the salvation is 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 extended to the whole world through our Messiah. Amen. And so that's kind of the background, a, a quick background. We could go on and on about, you know, citing different passages in Scripture that talk about that. However, we uh, this format might not work out quite for that today, at least. So what I want to hone in on is in the beginning of Romans, Paul talks about, the salvation that's being presented to everyone, whether you're Jewish or Gentile. And we're all gonna stand equally before the God. Before God. God doesn't play favorites as far as individual people. It's for everyone, and I think we all know that. Uh, hopefully we do. However, there is still a distinction between Jew and Gentile, just like there's a distinction between male and female. And so we all have a role to play, and how does that fit into the kingdom of God? In chapter 2, we we talk about the phrase where it says, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. When Paul says this, he's not playing favorites because he's Jewish. It's God's plan for redemption for the whole world. And it's not because the Jews were special on their own, because we know in Scripture it says that you are the least of all the nations, but I've chose you to be my witness to all the world and to bring salvation to the whole world mm-hmm. through this tiny nation of Israel. And even today we still have a tiny nation of Israel surrounded by enemies who do not want to you know receive that. And we keep praying for the salvation of Israel that they again as Paul's words will be a light to the nations. So I'm not citing all the references. Uh, maybe at some other time, if we're going to get more detail, we can do that. So it brings us to chapter 3, uh, where it says, but the question comes up is, well, if if it's not playing favorites, it's for everyone, then what's the advantage of being Jewish? What's the point? Is Is that done away with? And unfortunately, in modern history, I say modern, this goes back to a long time ago in the church history that basically the Jews were done away with. The message of the Old Covenant was just picking and choosing scriptures that we like Mm -hmm. and using them as to support what we believe and the good news in the New Covenant. And from a um, really foundational experience, we, we know that that cannot be true according to the Word of God that the Torah, God's teaching, His revelation to the world, is for all people, it's the foundation, it's not complete within itself, because there's a future story that goes with it, which was told by the prophets. And, uh, and also the writings, like the Psalms and Proverbs and, and teachings that were given, that make up the body of the Tanakh, the, uh, the Jewish Bible. Uh, which in Christian terms will be the equal to the Old Testament mm-hmm. so in chapter three it brings up this wonderful question so and I'm reading by the way I'm reading from um, the complete Jewish Bible uh, which is written by a messianic Jew and translated um, but all standard versions if you study them and you go back and look at the words like in a concordance you come up with the same information it's not just playing favorites. So he asked the question, what is the advantage of being Jewish? And what is the value of circumcision? And he said, much in every way. In the first place, the Jews were entrusted the very words of God. If some of them were unfaithful, so what? Does the faithlessness cancel God's faithfulness? God forbid. Let God be true, and everyone a liar, as the Tanakh, or the scriptures say, so that you, O God, may be proved right in your words, and win the verdict when you are put to trial. So, in other words, basically, as God does not lie, and God chose Israel, it wasn't replaced by anybody. Uh, the body of Messiah, as we refer to generally as the Church, has its function, and so does Israel have its function. And ultimately it will be one, but that's in the future to come. So Paul's teaching from an area of righteousness and what was given to Israel that's so special. Some people understand, like for instance, he's talking about the value of circumcision, that, you know, that's not required anymore that you don't need to be circumcised. Well, those writings were given to to Gentiles. It, it's not a covenant that they need to do uh, or they were they are re forced to do under a covenant. But God never changed his covenant with Israel and the Jewish people. So the, the covenant of circumcision is very important. It, it won't save you. Uh, anything that we do that's given as a, a scriptural command the command itself won't save you. It's the application of it. And the application works out differently for different groups. And this is a very important point that we don't have the time to get into right now. So I want to go, I want to jump where it says to Israel, were well, given the very words of God. In the uh, King James Version, it says, the, given the oracles of God. And the word oracles is, is a very important word. It's uh, from Logos. Uh, it means it's the very uh, foundational revelation of who God is. And it's more than just the words. It's more than just the Ten Commandments. It's more than just the, the, um, the things that were written down, but also the things that he passed through Israel, the covenants, The uh, and we'll get to this in chapter 9 the different a- applications that were given, not just the Word of God. Now, just just as a little side note, the Word of God, the Bible, won't save you. Uh, there are many people who know the Bible very well, m- better than most of us in some cases, and they still do not understand or do not have salvation because they've never received Yeshua in their heart. Amen. So it's not an intellectual deal. Uh, it is a covenant deal that has a covenant to do with the heart and in the Torah It says oh, and Jeremiah actually it says that the new covenant the nature of it is he will take the Torah and write it on your heart He didn't say he would do away with the Torah and replace it with something else So that's important to see as we you know study these, these verses so if you jump over uh, again, going back to the oracle's God. What were the oracles of God? In chapter 9, and by the way, just as a reference, if a lot of people might not have this particular Bible, that's that's fine. One of the Bibles that seems to capture the, the background of this uh, is the Amplified Bible. Uh, so a lot of people know the Amplified Bible fa- fairly well but it really does capture the phraseology that's important to get this point across. So, in chapter nine, it says, I'm speaking the truth, as one who belongs to the Messiah, and this is Rabbi Paul again, I do not lie, and also bear witness in my conscience, governed by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. My grief is so great And the pain in my heart is so constant that I could wish myself actually under God's curse and to be separated from Messiah if it would help my brothers and my own flesh, my own blood, the people of Israel. Wow. That's a lot of love. That's that's a powerful statement. Why would Paul make a statement like that? Uh, I don't think that was just an emotional statement because he was Jewish and he was sad that his brothers didn't at large, received that. Remember, at this point in time, the people who had received that were all Jewish, or you know, basically all Jewish. There's a few exceptions. So his point being is that God has a special place for Israel, and he goes on to say that they were God's children; they were made God's children. That's the adoption, uh, depending on what version you're looking at. And I'll go down this list in a little bit later. And the next one was the glory has been revealed to them. In the Hebrew, that's Shekhinah. That means the, the presence, the Holy Spirit, the presence of the, of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. And with them is also the covenants and also the giving of the Torah. By the way, the word Torah does not mean law. It contains the law, but it has history, poetry, prophecy, It's all part of the Torah, and the word means uh, instruction, basically, teaching Mm -hmm. or instruction. Mm -hmm. And the next thing is another oracle, is the temple service and the promises. Now, temple service is uh, talking about where in the Torah it describes how to serve God with the sacrifices and the temple service as far as worship and how it uh, changed up even until Paul's time. It's not just the service, but you kind of lose the meaning if we just look at it as the service. It's talking specifically about the ways of worship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We were just starting to get into the meat of the topic. Fifteen minutes goes by really fast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We'll pick up where we left off on the next podcast, As Elohim Allows.
0: There was a lot shared in this teaching. Mm-hmm. I really liked the perspective on the training and ministry of Paul. He really is the misunderstood apostle. Maybe some of our listeners will rethink what they were thinking about Paul.
1: I have a question for our listeners. Okay. What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and believe that Paul converted to Christianity and started a new religion?
0: Or would you take the red pill? And see the ongoing work of Elohim to bring his salvation to all the nations of the world. Only you can answer that question. And only the mighty one of Israel would be so wise to train up a zealous Pharisee, reveal his risen son to that Pharisee, and use that Pharisee to teach the Gentile world. Now that's really quite a twist, isn't
1: it? Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Don't miss part two next week. Please go back and listen again to what was shared and talk about it with your family and friends. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you I can handle the truth.